We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Tuesday, January 10th, and we're in the midst of Projections Week. It's Projections Week. I got a whole bunch of questions in uh, my email inbox about uh, about how to use different types of projections to build your lineups. And the first thing you have to learn is, what? The, no, the, two, the projections aren't equal, right? No two projections may be equal. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it today. And throughout the rest of the week, if you would like to submit a question to the show, right? I try to clump them all together. Like I, I get a bunch of submissions and I'm like, okay, people are asking questions about this type of topic. And I, and I, that, that's where I cover it. Maybe I read it out on the show. Maybe I just use it, use it for the content. So feel free to submit questions at theoryofdfs.com. And as always in the morning, give me those thummy thumbs. It helps us out. Hit that thumbs up button. Even Devin's in the chat, hitting the thumbs up button. DFS Voodoo, very early. I don't know if he's still here anymore. Wataz, early as usual. Kickstart, good morning. Daniel Hutchings, hi there. Giersos 8 12, good morning. T-Mac. Mac Kajewski's here because uh, Georgia destroyed TCU. I saw that. What what was that? What was that? Was 65 to 7 or it was something like that against TCU? Uh, 
he's always in the college football streets. Uh, T Max here, Vince, Vincent Jackson. Let's go, Rob King. Good morning. Good morning. If you have any questions about projections, today's the day to do it. Hit that thumbs up button. If you want, I mean, some of this may be remedial to some of you people. Okay. Remember, this is unstructured learning, right? We'll be probably be going back to these types of topics, maybe even a month or two from now, on and off and whatever. We'll dip in and out. Uh, so uh, so if, if, if you want a, a nice structured version of uh, of learning about all the concepts and the game theory of DFS, go purchase and download the Theory Daily Fantasy Sports 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. That's the fundamentals. I had to think like a professional DFS player. And then there's also the uh, how to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players course, which includes the custom Excel tools that uh, that I do use that James McCool has developed. And uh, and yeah, so projections, projections. We learned you learned yesterday. What did we learn yesterday? We learned like kind of kind of the b- very bare basics on how projections are made. Okay, so like when when you could like look at like here's NBA projections. Right, we don't have ownership up, but we'll, we're not even talking about ownership. We're just talking about the actual player performance projections. That, just like I say, once you turn player names into numbers, you don't need the names anymore, right? So you need that. Like that, that's one one of the fundamental things that you need in DFS is a way to turn player names into numbers, but not necessarily just like just a single number, right? In 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 lineup HQ. The most projection sets, you will see mean or median projection. Now, what's the difference? What's the difference between the mean and the median? For most intensive purposes, from when you're playing DFS, it probably doesn't matter. It's probably very close, and it probably doesn't affect your decisions. But let's 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 go through a let. This is we're going high school math now, maybe middle school math, something like that. If you remember back in the day, the difference, you know, you have the have the mean, right? Mean doesn't mean angry. Mean we have the median. Right, and we also got got the mode. If you want, if we, want, we can go through the three M's: mean, median, and mode. So let's say we we have a set, we have a set of numbers, and in DFS we're going to call outcomes or projected outcomes. So let's say we have a set of uh, I'm going to come up with it on the spot. Let's say we have a set of uh, four, five, six. Let's say four, five, five, six. Like very simple. Very, very simple. Four, five, five, six. Those, those are the outcomes. We'll put them in the little, little brackets or something, whatever, right? If you want. Four, five, five, six. So what's the mean? The average. Four plus five plus five plus six is 20. Divided by four is five, right? So the mean would be five. It's median. Well, the median is the middle number. So it'd be, we'll be five. Well, we don't have five numbers, but it's going to be five. Five there. Well, let's let's add another five just to make it. Now, now the the mean is still five, right? The median is five, right? The middle number, two on this side, two on that side, right? And what's the mode? The mode is five. Okay. So in this scenario, right, a five happens what? Sixty percent of the time, right? One, two, three. Twenty percent of the time, there's a four. 20% of the time there's a six. So if this was like like someone's ra- someone's range of outcomes in the in the fantasy points column in, in the projections, you'll just see you'll see five, right? Well, this is an easy set, right? Because we're like the mean, the median, and the mode are all like all the same, right? Very this is a very this is a much more normal distribution in, in some regards, right? 
It's unimodal, I guess you want to call it. Right, but let's just say we added, let's say, three. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing the set to make it easy, so everything ends up being like like ten, right? Just for the just for the sake of argument, right? So we get seven. So let's let's take let's take away two of these fives. All right, we got six, seven, eight, one, nine. We also got zero, right? As we as we build this out. Okay. So right now, let's 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 give it let's give it another another zero, like something like very like this. That there's a. We'll do that, right? So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. We don't want eleven. Ten. There you go. Right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and two zeros. Okay. So we got ten. We got ten numbers in this set of outcomes. So instead of thinking in terms of numbers, like it's a math class. These are the, the projected outcomes of X player, right? Depending on the sport. Obviously, there'll be, you know, in NFL, it's probably not going to be this low, but you never, you know, whatever. And basketball wouldn't be this low. But let's say you look at projections, right? And it's like, what, what is a projection? A projection isn't just this middle number. It isn't even just like the floor and the ceiling or the 15th and 85th percentile, whatever the percentile of the projection set that you're looking at that it displays, right? It doesn't have to be the 15th and 85th. Some sets use the floor as the 25th percentile, right? Like something like that, okay? So what is the mean, median, and mode, right, of this, right? So you got 1 plus 2 is 3, plus 3 is 6, 10, 15, 21, 28, 36. 36 divided by 10 would be 3.6, right? What's the median, Right, so you got what ten numbers? Here? Let's 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 add let's add let's add another one just to give it an eleventh number. Let's give it an eleventh. Make it easy. So now we have to divide that. Right, so we have to go one, two, three, six, ten. Right, fifteen, twenty-one, twenty-one plus eight, thirty-six divided by eleven is three point two seven ish. Three point two seven, two seven. Okay, what's the median? So there's 11 numbers here. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So 3. 3 is the mean, right? The middle number. Where half the number is on one side and half the number is on the other side. What's the mode? Zero. Mode meaning the, the outcome that happens the most, right? So there's three zeros in this set of 11, okay? So you see here that the mean and the median are actually slightly different, right? For the main reason that there, there are a couple of like really poor outcomes, right? The mode is the, the mode is zero, right? Technically, right? So if you would have said what what is the most common outcome, right? Let's let's use terminology like in the most technical sense. Someone asked me, said Jordan, you got this player, you got this range of outcomes. What's the most common outcome? I would say zero, and they'd say, how is that possible? Like. Eight out of 11 times, they score points. It's like, but the most common outcome is zero because there's three zeros in there. Like that's technically, that would technically be correct. Now the average outcome is 3.27, but the median is three. Why is the median lower than the mean? It's because there are a lot more lower outcomes on, on, the, on the low side. If we did this, let's say the opposite way, okay? Let's say we did this the opposite. We took out the three zeros on the bottom. And we gave it, like, instead of zero, we gave it three tens, right? So now let's do the math again, okay? 
So one plus two, three, six, 10, 15, 15, 21, 28, 36, 46, 56, 66. 66 divided by 11 is six, right? What's the median? Okay, one, two, three, four, five is seven, right? Or right? Or oh, six. Yeah, five numbers on each side. So the median is also six. What's the mode 10? What's the most common outcome? It's actually 10, but I mean it's 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 only gonna happen what three out of eleven times? What 20, 27, 28 percent of the time? Something like that. Okay. Now the median and median are very close right here. But you see here that there are actually more outcomes where the where the player scores like more than the mean, more than the median, because there's three 10 results here. So like as the, the as the outcomes shift, where there are outweighed outcomes towards one side, it's quite possible that the the mean, the mean could be lower than the median. And on the other side, it's quite possible that the meat the, the median is lower than the mean. Okay. They're very small difference. They're very small differences. It, it will matter in, in certain sports, in certain sports and certain types of players. But just to understand, this is like a like a little bit, a little bit tactical conversation, just because we're reviewing here. Of there is a difference between mean and median, right? Because let's use the extreme example, okay? Because I'm using a, a kind of a little bit more of a normalish type of example. Let's 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 use this example. Let's say it's zero 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 five uh, zero five. Let's have four outcomes on this side, okay? Here's four outcomes on this side, right? Four tens, four zeros, and a five. So that's divided by nine. Okay, so now we're going to add this all up, right? 10, 20, 30, 40, divided by 5, and a, with a 5, 45, divided by 9 is what? 5. What's the median? Well, the middle number is 5, okay. What's the mode? Actually, 0 and, and 10, okay? Here's the mean is 5, the median 5. What is the most common outcome here? It's not 5. Five will only happen 10% of the time. 90% of the time, you're going to get a zero or a 10. So if you're viewing, compared to our last example, if a player had this type of outcome set versus an outcome set like this, like imagine they had the outcome set like one, three, five, seven, nine, something like this, right? This outcome set looks more, I mean, we'll talk about it like a normal distribution, right? Because you have 20% of the time he gets a one, 20% of the time he gets a three, 20% of the time he gets a five, 20% of the time he gets a seven, 20% of the time he gets a nine, right? On average, it's still, right, five, right? On average, the median is still five, but you see these outcomes like in the middle of that. But in this set, with 0, 0, 0, 5, 10, 10, 10, 10, like 5 doesn't happen that often. So the difference, like if we just add to this, let's say we add 2 and 8, right? Make things even. We add 4 and 6, right? Let's say we add 0 and 10 also, right? 
So this second player, like if you were, if this second player, like we take out the mode, right? Both of these players, player one and player two, both have a mean of five and a median of five. But I hope you could see that there's a there's a diff, there, there's a dramatic difference between what you should expect out of the player. I hope you could see it because they're they're two different types of distributions. There are a lot of zeros in this guy and a lot of tens, but not that many fives. One, like in the middle, doesn't happen that often. This one, zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Same mean, same meaning. If you looked at the fantasy points column and it showed here are the mean projections or the median projections, they both say five. Yet both players, like if you have the expectation of like player one scoring six points, it doesn't happen. Like it's not even in a set. Six, seven, eight, nine, those don't happen. One, two, three, four, don't happen. Now, obviously, for, for if we're dealing with a, a full range, I mean, there wouldn't just be 10 outcomes here. There'd be hundreds, thousands, if you're running Monte Carlos, 10,000s, 100,000s. Obviously, I'm using smaller sets just to show the example, but scale this out. So if you played a player and it's like, oh, okay, uh, let's say, let's say if you're optimizing, right? Let's 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 move to a slightly, slightly more advanced topic. It's like if you're optimal, like it's like, oh, I'm I'm looking for a fit. Like, what's the 50th percentile? Let's talk about what a percentile is. We we talked about mean and median. I have to be a little bit more remedial. Sorry if I'm boring people. If they don't already know this, but it always helps. That's what I said. That sometimes, some days, maybe it's stuff that's like, wow, I, I I already know this. It's like, okay, well, how about the people that don't? How about the people that need a refresher? So what was I talking about? Okay, so percentiles. Like, there are what? How many numbers here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now there's nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Or maybe I should keep it to nine also, right? Or 10. Let's let's get let's give it another five, right? So, so they're both 10. One. Something like that. Right. Okay. So these, these are 10 numbers. Okay, they're both 10 numbers. So what the what's the 10th percentile outcome? Okay, 10th percentile, 100th percentile outcome. Percentile just means like the, the spot where, where it exists nominally on a distribution. So like, for instance, zero to nine, this would be what's called a normal distribution, right? Oh, well, actually, I mean, tr truthfully, it's, actually, it's, it's wrong. This would be linear. But I mean, if we, if we add, if we added more, like, like, this is a better one. Okay, let, let, let me make sure I'm I'm mathematically correct. Okay, so let's start let's start adding some. Like uh where? We're in the mid-range. So if we're adding like another another five, another five, another four, another four, like maybe another four, even another four, or four, another five. These are all outcomes. And then let's say we add two more threes. Two more threes and two more sixes. Then maybe one, one more seven. And one more two. Right. So that would be like the full set. 
So you see that, you know, there are a lot of fours and fives in here. There's a whole a bunch of threes and sixes. There's some twos and sevens. There's only one one, only one eight. There's only one zero. There's only one nine. So how many of these outcomes fit? Like, where's the 50th percentile? Well, the 50th percentile is wherever the median is. So the median would be like right here. Like the median would be four and a half, right? To be, that's what it would be considered. A median of four and a half. Right, because there's four fours and four fives. So it'd be like right in that middle, right where this comma is. Okay. So there's 50 percent of the outcomes are higher, and 50% of the outcomes are lower. That's what a median represents. Okay. But you see that there's four four outcomes, there's four five outcomes, there's three three outcomes, there's three six outcomes, there's two two outcomes, and two steps. So it's not like equal. It's not like what are the chances? Right? How many numbers is this? Just to be technical. I always want to be technically right. What we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 numbers. Okay? So what's 100 divided by 22? Right? 4.5. So like zero would be at the 4.5th percentile. Right? One would be at the ninth percentile. Right, because you're going up in scale. Like, what's what's the hundredth percentile? It would be nine. Right. So if we make this easier, like pretend these were we, we had we had twenty numbers here, right? Maybe we could even even get rid of the twos and the sevens to make it a little bit flatter on the bottom end. So now we got twenty. So now we get to be talking about fifth percentiles, right? So a zero would be considered a fifth percentile outcome, right? One would be considered a 10th percentile outcome. Three, uh, two, would be considered a 15th percentile outcome. Three would be a 20th, two, right? 20th to 20 to 30th percentile outcome, right? Because you have three threes there. Four would be a 30th to 50th percentile, right? About, well, 35th to 50th percentile outcome, like something like that. Five would be a 50th to 70th percentile outcome, right? I'm getting this right. It's close. Six would be a 70th, 75th to 85. Eighth would be a 90th percentile outcome, you know, something, some, oh, so we got, still got the seven. So that would be 85th, 90, whatever. There you go. So that's represented by how many outcomes there are at each percentile by a distribution curve. So you see, these are where all the fours and fives reside. You see here? This is called one standard deviation, right? We'll talk. We'll talk about that, that that mathematically later. So a bulk of the outcomes are around the median. Less of the outcomes are at the tail ends. So we see here: zero, one, two, three, 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 four, 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 five, 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 six, 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 seven, eight, nine. That how often? We asked right here with this set. Remember, there's 20 numbers there to make the math easier. How often does a two 
occur? Well, 5% of the time, right? Obviously, an exact two. Scores two, 5% of the time, because there's only one two in there. Okay? How often does the, the player score at least two points? At least two points. So what's at least two points? It's two or higher, which means you're left with two numbers over there. So that's 90% of the time, right? Because 18 out of the 20 outcomes are two or higher. So that's 90% of the time scores two plus. How many percentage of the time that does this player score four or more? Well, let's go four or more. So let's count them up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 out of 20. 70% of the time, right? 4 is the 30th percentile outcome. Okay? This is what percentiles are. So how often does some does something happen in a range of numbers? How often does how often does this player score between Four and five. Okay, so let's highlight them. There's eight of them in this set. This player will score four or five, somewhere in between, right? Eight out of 20 times, which is what? 40% of the time. How about three to six? How often will this player score between three or six points? Well, you see here that there's 14 of those instances. So how many, that's 70% of the time. And you can see that is represented on a normal distribution curve. So that's 70% of the time. That's, it's really like 68, 95, 99, right? Which is a normal, it's a purely normal, like completely mathematically perfect normal distribution. 34% of the outcomes will be one standard deviation below the median. 34% 34% of the outcomes will be once they're the deviation above the median. So that's where this bulk you see in this, in this right here, that all of those outcomes are represented like in this bulk space is 68% ish range, right? Cause we said 70% of the time. And then these other outcomes start dramatically coming down where, you know, you got the twos and the twos and then the ones and then the zeros and the tens on the other sides. So that would be a normal distribution. If anyone has any questions before I go any further, right? We'll be talking about this stuff all week, right? But you got to start from here. I mean, we have some questions though. Like now that we know this, how do we apply to our lineups? But I need to make sure that we we, we go through what, what, what distributions are in general. And the two main types, because no, no player is, is perfectly normally distributed, okay? You're not gonna you're not gonna find this exactly, but you should conceptually at least, if you don't want to get down in the weeds, treat projections and certain players in the sport like they're that may be different from another, on the basis of two main types. I want to, to lump them together: a more normal distribution or a more bimodal or multimodal distribution like so you can conceptually think about it in your head you're not going to be sitting here doing you're not going to be running the math you, you remember my goal is to teach you like blunt methodologies so you don't have to like 
start crunching and building stuff in Python and running Sims and stuff that you, you don't need a computer programming degree that you don't need a PhD in mathematics. This is it's like, this is like high school level math. If you have high school level math, like you could, you'll be, you could do great in DFS, right? You don't, you don't need, yeah. If you want to get to the even bigger level and you want to start, you know, playing 50 K a slate and taking on the big boys and the, and everything, yeah, you, you you may have to go a little extra mile, but how how can we use blunt methodologies that are more precise than ninety percent of the field, right? To have a positive ROI in DFS, but it, it comes it gets down to basics, understanding that what you know, understanding just what the numbers mean, so you don't just go in and go, oh, that number means a you know a lot of people, oh, that's the prediction. Oh, they're going to score 55 today. Like that doesn't, that's not what this means. Right. And once you understand what it means, then you could, okay, how do I better build lineups based on, well, this player is, you know, this sport is more bimodal. This position category is more bimodal. This sport is more normal. This positional category is more normal. Uh, the standard deviation of these types of players are higher. The standard deviation of these types of players are lower. And then compare it to what the field is going to do, and now you now you have the ability to determine, at least bluntly, are you increasing or decreasing the variance of your lineup, which is what what increasing is what helps you more in GPPs, and decreasing is what helps you more in cash games, in general, over a full scope of a lineup. So let me hit some of the questions in the YouTube chat before uh, going on to this next point. Uh, let's see. DFS Voodoo says, are we better off to use aggregate projection instead of using one set of projections? Uh, I get this question a lot. Uh, the question you shouldn't, you should be asking first. Okay. In your head. First in your head is whatever projection set you're looking at. Is it way more accurate than what you can do yourself? Okay. That's always the first. Because you don't need to have the best projections ever. You just have better than the field, right? The field of people that don't use, but don't have, don't they, they come up with numbers off the top of their head. They don't even convert player names into numbers. That's the first question to ask. Is it better? Like I would say, yeah, obviously go sign up for Roto Grinders. We have all these projections for all the sports, right? We have a great team, full-time people that do this. Okay. This isn't just a fly by night operation. We're part of Better Collective. It's a publicly traded company. We have full-time people that do this, okay? So sign up, click on the link in the description, get a combo premium package, right? You get $10 off your first month. You get to join me in my, my Blender's Game Theory channel in the Roto-Grinders Discord. I'm running another coaching, uh, the Zoom coaching we do two or three times a month. I think I'm doing that on Friday. I think Friday, maybe. I think on Friday. I think I got it scheduled then. So join me there. You get you get all this. And you're like, well, how does your projections compare to insert insert competitor site projections? They're both good, right? They both have a high level of accuracy. Maybe maybe uh, two and for basketball, we we go. This guy's gonna. We think we we project this guy to play 26 minutes. Another side is, has him at 25 minutes, right? Another side has him at 27 minutes, right? Now, if I told you that, that there's no information here and you have to figure out the Pistons rotation, 
Maybe you end up with putting them at 23 minutes, or maybe you end up pulling your hair out because you're going to have to do minutes projections for one, two, three, four, for all the, all the teams on the slate every single day. And then properly gauge like usage and and convert this all into median fantasy points and floor fantasy points and ceiling. You're going to have to do all that. The question comes in, is the is the money on your time worth doing that? And the skill level. At least to me, like I, I can do this and I choose not to. You know why? Because I'd much rather, I, dude, I was a Roto-Grinder subscriber before I was a host here. I was just a normal, I was just like you people, right? I was watching these shows and learning from other people. Okay, I paid. I paid for a combo premium, and I was. I, I, that's how I played DFS. Okay, so it's like I'm not. I'm, I'm eating my own dog food. I use these numbers. The NBA projections when I play NBA is. I use these numbers, but I also like, as as a as a as a professional player, if you want to in quotes, I guess anyone could say they're a professional player. But you know, obviously, I've I've profited seven years in a row in DFS. So yeah, I guess, and it's a good good amount of money. Good form of income like i'm gonna i'm gonna find i'm gonna see all the projections i want to see projections from other sites because i know other people use them they could be awful they're, they're not but i mean they could be awful and i want to know like what the discrepancies are oh this other site has as hamadou diallo for 30 points which means obviously if you give him 30 minutes or whatever 30 minutes he's going to check project much better so maybe i should expect his ownership maybe to be a little bit higher because Maybe some people are using that projection set and that the, the, the teams are like four minutes here and two minutes there. And maybe that makes a difference. Now, if you're not sure, I say, I mean, I, I, I trust our NBA team. I trust our team in general, you know, golf projections, NFL projections, everything. They're still insanely better than what you can do. Dude, a lot of top players that used to do their own projections don't even do them anymore. They literally don't even, people back from 2017 or 18, maintained all the data and did this all themselves. A lot of them, you check their lineups. I mean, I could, I could tell because, you know, I look through and I'll go, okay, they like, I, I, I can see how you came up to those lineups because you're basically using like an aggregate of like a couple of different sites and putting them together. Right. That's another thing that you could do. If you're like, I'm not sure, you know, some people have this slightly higher than this or whatever. Maybe I'll just, I'll aggregate, I'll average out, or you don't even have to average out. You could wait certain projections like we even have a way to do that in lineup hq makes it real easy for you right so we have we have our nba projections in here right it's just in here like this you could upload any projection set you want your own even and replace them but you could also like once you load in projections you could create a weight for ownership a weight for fantasy points right so let's say let's say you you have Three, you you get you there's three other projection sets, and you're gonna load them into lineup HQ. You load them in. Now you could aggregate, you know, and just put all 25s, right? 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. But maybe you're like, no, no, I I trust, I trust Andy, I trust Noto, I trust SBK, Bob Reeves, I trust those guys, right? So I'm gonna weigh our projections here at Rotogrind is 50%. Then the other three, I, you know, 15, 15, 20, whatever, 20, 20, 10. And just to kind of smooth it out, maybe, you know, if we're, we're way, we have an outlier 
like viewpoint on minutes or something like you could do that. And you could do the same thing for ownership, right? You could say, I'm going to download other people's ownership projections and just wait it out from there. You could do that also in lineup HQ. You just load them in, right? Set your weights, call that projection set, you know, my aggregate projections or whatever and save it. Right. And you could wait any way you want. You could change sources, right? You could, you, we have a drop down. You could just change the sources that you're in there. Mix and match. Do whatever you want. Okay. So if you want to use an aggregate, use an aggregate. You still need to find a way to turn player names into numbers, right? And any one of them, I I would recommend Roto Grinders, would be more accurate than what you can do. But if you want, if you want, if you want to take other people's projections, set on the side, fuck go. We could you you don't even have to do it in Excel. You used to have to do it in Excel. We didn't have this feature. This feature was only added about a year ago. So now you could do it just right in right in line of page. And then it'll come up as a different as a, as your own custom named projection set. And then you could use that if you want. Okay, let's see. And we'll talk more. We'll talk more about aggregating and stuff like that. That's a little bit past the scope of this this, this remedial this remedial class. Some people it may not be a remedial class. That's that's the thing about like me not going. Oh, that's a stupid question. We talked about it fourteen times. Go back three months and find the episode that is entitled where we talked about it for twenty minutes. So like, like I don't mind answering the questions in the YouTube chat if you if you have any, right, right? Because I don't know if we're going to do an episode about aggregating projections, but maybe we can. We can. We'll do whatever we want, right? It's unstructured learning. The bridge is open for questions. Yes, Mario Dyezzi is right. Adam Baummother says the thing to take away is not to abandon priors just because the outcome of one week doesn't match the project. Right. It's because they're not predictions. Remember, these are medians or means. These are the middle. All that number is showing is the 50th percentile outcome. If you think of it that way, that's all this is showing. It's not saying that Joel Embiid will score 55 points tonight. It, that's not what that n- column means. It means that. of the time, he scores more than 55. And 50% of the time, he scores less than 55. That's that's what, if you want to really drill it down, that's what it means. It doesn't, the mode may not be 55 at all, right? Depending on the distribution, it'll probably, in basketball, probably close, right? So if like he scores, if this is the 15th to 85th percentile, right? What is the 15th to 85th percentile? It is one standard deviation. 14th to 86, whatever, uh, 16th to 84th, right? That's 68% zone, 70-ish percent zone. So when you see the floor and the ceiling in our projections, and for the most part, most projections, it's close, it's close enough. You don't get in the in the we don't have to get into semantics that certain projection sets like they're coming up with percentiles. It's just a matter of what they show in the column that's labeled floor or ceiling. But it's the same general concept that the floor in our projections is this where the negative one is, right? One standard deviation. The ceiling is plus one standard deviation. That's the floor and the ceiling. So, like, we go back to our example with this, the 011333. Like, basically, this is the floor. This is the ceiling. So, you're seeing our median, our mean is four and a half, right? 
Our floor is three. Our ceiling is six. But look how many outlets. There's still like like 40% of the time because there's six other numbers here out of 20, right? Six other numbers. So what, so what 30% of the time, not 40, 30% of the time, it's one, zero, one, two, or seven, eight, nine in a normal distribution. 30% of the time, one out of about one out of three times, it's not even going to be within the floor and the ceiling. Okay. So try to grasp around that, that like 30% isn't like nothing. Oh, that rarely ever happens. No, it happened 30% of the time on the bad end and on the good end. 70% of the time, it'll be between the floor and the ceiling. Now you go, oh, 70% of the time. Great. Well, take a look at some of these projections. Look at Joel Embiid, 40 to 72. When we take a look at this number set here with the zero to nine, it's like, wow, there's a lot of threes and fours and fives and sixes. It's like, look at the difference between three and six. It seemed like here, it's just, oh, it's only a difference of three points. It's like here in NBA projections, that's a difference between 40 and 72 points. And that's those are the most expected outcomes. They're in this bulk area of a normal distribution. Okay, so 55... 55, that number 55 is like on our on our zero to nine thing is like like this this guy right here, right? That I highlighted. Like what's 58? 58 is like the, like this guy over here. What's 62? 62 is kind of like like these guys over here. What's a four? What's a what's a 48? It's like these guys over there. What's a 40? Like kind of like this guy over here. But within one standard deviation of the median, Joel Embiid has a range of 32 fantasy points. That's a lot, right? But the thing is, and most of the time in DFS, that's the norm. That's the norm. If Joel Embiid went out and scored 48 points today, and he ended up with a snowflake at 11.2K, and be like, what happened there? Bad game. It's like, no, that's what that's that's well, well within. That's like that's like a 40th percentile outcome. 40th, 42nd percentile. I mean, that's not that far away from 55, right? If he only scored 40 points, that's what? We only scored 40 points. That's the 16th percentile outcome. I mean, like the the differences aren't it sounds like a lot of points, but really. That should be at more expected than what people come out and, oh, we only scored 48 points. What a dud. Projection's bad. Like, no, it's it's, it's well within. If it scores anywhere from 40 to 72 points, you should be treating it. If you think psychologically, okay, psychologically, if Joel Embiid would score anywhere between 40 and 72 points, you should treat it as if it's the same. Psychologically. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So when you look at this 55-point projection, you're like, yeah, I'm going to get 40 to 72. Like, that's how you should be treating it. You can get 40 to 72. 38, I'd be like, yeah, that. what happened there? What happened there, dude? What happened in Bede? And if he scores 75 points, you'd be like, yeah, I got lucky. Got got a lot of points, right? You, you, psychologically, you'd think like 75. Woohoo! Can't believe I got so lucky to get even a, a higher than one standard deviation outcome. You get under under 40, you'd be like, I, I'm so unlucky. So damn unlucky. Arr, snowflake. Anywhere between 40 and 72, your reaction should be the same. Psychologically. Oh, we got 42. Okay. Oh, we got 70. Okay. Should be the same thing, right? Because it's, it's the same same percentage outcome that it would be. That's how large the range is of in, in this 68% zone. Okay? But people treat. Now, imagine, you know, you have the people that look at Joel Embiid, and if he scores 44, if he scores 52, are pissed. <laughs> Dude, his media projection was 55. Why are you pissed? Or they'll, he'll score 68 and be like, glad I got him beat. It's like the, anywhere between 40 and 72, you should have like the same the same psychological reaction. That's all within the, that's what that number, like the number isn't a prediction. Landry Shemet, 31 point median. He scores anywhere between 19 and 45. That sounds ridiculous, right? If he scores 21 or 22, normally your reaction is, well, that sucks. His projection was like 10 points higher. What's going on? But if he scored 41, you'd be like, spot on, let's go. Like it's the same, it's the same exact thing. It's 10 points higher, 10 points lower than the median, and it's still within one standard deviation. Your reaction, those are two, two, those two outcomes happen the same amount of times. Right? Yeah, one, it's like, oh, yeah, I love the projection. Oh, the other one, oh, hate the projection. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So if he scores anywhere between 19 and 45, 
That's that should be you should be thinking in terms of that's expected. It sounds dramatic. Oh, that's a 26 point difference. Yes. Welcome, welcome to DFS. Welcome to variance. Welcome to math. That's what these projections are. We couldn't get with there's, there's no way without a time machine to get projections that are like 0.98. Like, yeah, his his median today is is 42. And the lowest they'll possibly score is 38. The highest they'll possibly score is 50. Like, we don't we, we don't have that. We're not clairvoyant. You're not going to have that. You're going to have projections around 0. 0.75 to 0. 0.83, somewhere in that range. So the, the distributions are going to look requisite to that. So when you look at these numbers, imagine... Go back to a lot of the stuff that I say about like, you know, flipping, oh, two difference of a half a point between two players. And you're spending four hours. Like there's a half a point projection difference. Do I, what do I do? What do I do? Do I, do I use this as a tiebreaker? Do I use home field advantage as a tiebreaker? Do I use if he's wearing red shoes as a tiebreaker? Or if it's on Wednesday when it's raining in Cleveland as a tiebreaker? Once I put the, once I, once I explain what the projection actually looks like, where you're like, do I play Joe Nurkic and or Bridges, right? In this example, right? Without looking at the ceiling, probably play Bridges. Uh, one guy thirty four point two six, one guy thirty three point eight eight. Let's say you're you're, you're I one v one and ownership is the same. And oh my god, I'm racking my brain, right? I'm spending an hour. I'm going through Basketball Reference, right? I'm going through. I'm checking his Instagram. Is he in a good mood? You know, you're doing stuff like that. Dude, the expected ranges of these players is is like, dude, that's one point right in the middle. Like that, like, probably doesn't matter. Probably doesn't matter at all, right? Maybe slightly, Sli- very slightly. And you only realize that over like 700 lifetimes, right? You'd have to live to be be 70 billion, 11 billion years, years old in order to fraction, you know, you get a, you get a cent. Or something. I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating. So when the distribution of outcomes is so like, like that range between one standard deviation below and one standard deviation above is that wide, which it is in pretty much all, pretty much everywhere in all sports, to some extent. Why are you sweating half a points in projection? Right now, you don't want to take it to the extreme. It's like, why are you sweating seventy-four points in projection? Yeah, at that point, it probably matters. Probably, probably you don't want to do that. But why are you sweating half a points? Points even. I, I mean, like, like why are you sweating that? Once you understand what a projection is. Now we now we have other types of projections. Now we're talking about the normal projection. Then we have what's called a bimodal. And I used I used this this specific one that I pulled from Google Images on purpose. So a bimodal distribution is not unimodal. Unimodal is just like, well, one hump, one bump, one curve. Bimodal is when there's two of them. Now, it's not going to be perfect. None of the players have perfect of either of these. Where a lot of the outcomes are on two sides and the middle doesn't have many outcomes. So that's very similar to this first, this first guy here. 0, 0, 0, 0, 5, 5, 10, 10, 10, 10. So let's expand this out. What do we got here? Four, four. We got 10 numbers. So let's add 10 more numbers. Okay. 
let's add let's add let's take away two zeros take away two tens oh we're gonna add uh, two tens let's let's make this guy zero five 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 ten 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 thirty let, let, let's let's put I just want to so I could highlight the point better. Zero five 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 ten 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 ten. What we got there? One two. What is that? Nine. And then we got fifteen. And then we got. Uh, let's see. Let's just put bump it up to forty five. 50, 50, 50, 50, 55, 55, 55, 55, and, and 100. Maybe, maybe something like that. Maybe 60, right? But take a look at this guy's outcomes. Maybe I can make the font smaller or whatever. So what would the median be, Right? or mean, or what would the middle be here? Well, if we add up all these numbers and divide, it's going to be somewhere between 15 and 45. It's probably going to be, the mean is going to be like like 30, right? Because we have all these outcomes, like, or 45 divided by 15, right? I mean, what, what 45 minus 15 is, yeah, it'll be 30. The mean and the median will be 30, I believe. may not be exact. Uh, it depends on how many numbers I put in, right? There you go. Are there any outcomes that are 30 in this set? No, there aren't. 30 never happens, like in this set. It never happens, right? There aren't many, like let's let's even say, let's let's put one of them in, right? Let's put one, just to, just to make it so that it does happen once, right? So out of all these outcomes, how often does 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 30 happen? One, one out of what? If this was 20, it's probably not, but whatever, we'll say it's 20. Make the math easier. Happens 5% of the time, right? 95% of the time, it's significantly under 30 or significantly over 30, right? So you take a look Take a look at these outcomes. They're typically bulked around where, where in a normal distribution, it's bulked in the middle. Bimodal is bulked around what would be like the in these other zones, the one to two standard deviate, like, like we see here, the slice right over here. So you're going to get a big bump here and a big bump there, but not much in the middle. And that's what this looks like, a bimodal distribution. I even used this one specifically because it kind of highlights, I mean, this was from like an example, number of students and some, some, some BS example that the problem they were doing. But you see here, a bulk of the numbers, because they're highlighted in red, are at the 25th, you know, 20th to 30th percentile outcomes and a lot at the 70th to 80th percentile outcomes, but not much in the middle. Either they do really well or really poorly. And a lot of times, depending on the curve, maybe it's close. Maybe, as often as they do really well, they also often do as really bad. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's bimodal, but it leans more towards one side, right? We see that in MMA. In MMA, a guy that's like a minus 600 favorite or something like that, or like may have a bimodal distribution where this second hump 
is way higher than the first time. There are a lot of outcomes that are in MMA are 90, 100, 110. But there's still plenty that are like 10, right? When they get knocked out. There aren't as many, but there aren't going to be many that are like 45. A low-scoring decision loss. Like, you're not going to see many of those in the middle. But in the fantasy projection column that you'll see in projections, like here on Roto-Grinders, like, you're just, you're just going to see the middle number. You're just going to see 30. You're going to see 30 and go, oh, yeah. What's the difference between this guy's 30 and this guy's 30? I mean, if we made the numbers that. Much different. The second guy's 30 that has a normal distribution will score somewhere between like 24 and 36, like 70% of the time. Does this, does this other guy with the bimodal distribution score anywhere between 24 and 30? No, barely once, right? So if this type of guy, if the normal distributed guy, like if he puts up 26 points, you're like, okay. That was well within the acceptable range, psychological. This guy, like he rarely ever puts that. If he put if he put up 10 points, what happened there? His, his, his projection was 30. He only put up five points. Or he puts up 55 points. You're like, woohoo, I played him. I can't believe, or, he, or maybe you didn't. And you're like, oh, how did he put up so many points? His, his projection was only 30. Because a projection isn't a prediction. It's just the middle number. That's all it is, is the middle number. Now, in a sport like basketball, the players are more normally distributed. I mean, it's probably the most normally distributed sport of the major sports, I guess, that there is. But the player projections are more normally distributed. But then we have something like golf, MMA, MMA especially, hitters in baseball, they don't have normal distributions. A golfer? Like we see some of these projections in golf. And it's like, okay, uh, some of these guys project for uh like 57 points. Like, I don't know that I don't know how if this is a birdie fest or whatever. I mean, I haven't played a PGA DFS in a while. Like 57 points. It's like that's basically someone that makes the cut and comes in like 60th place or something. Like doesn't do that well the second, you know. The, the third and fourth round. You don't get 57 points if you miss the cut, right? You're probably getting like 20 or 25 or something. So the likelihood of like this Harris English putting up 57 points, it's like, it's going to look, his outcomes are going to look more bimodal. Here are all the outcomes on the top end when he makes the cut. Here are all the outcomes on the bottom end when he misses the cut. So yeah, you'll see. A lot of 18s and 22s and 24s and 12s and 32s. But then you'll also see a lot of 74s and 80s and 110s and 92s. And like, but as far as like in the middle at 57, like when, how often does he get a 57? Not often. They're bimodal. So if you're going to treat, if you're going to treat golf as like, oh, do I play Siwoo Kim or or Bezin Gesundheit? Bezin What what Gesundheit? Yeah, God bless you. Between these two guys, it's like oh the project oh it's one point difference in projection. Oh, 
Rack in my brain. One point difference. Let me go and let me go look at the past course history. Let me go. I need to make I need to make concessions and tiebreakers. Do I play Siwoo Kim or Gesundheit? I'm just calling him Gesundheit. Probably it's one point in median projection in a sport that is bimodal. What does the median projection matter that much? It doesn't. Right, the median. There's aren't many outcomes. Look at the bottom. There's aren't many outcomes there. So why are you judging one point in this range? If anything, judge one point in the ceiling range. There are more of those outcomes, right? Why are you judging based on on a small amount of times that in the middle? If you're looking for like, if you're looking for floor, weigh the floor. How many? You know, who has slightly higher? Obviously, in golf, if you're playing GPP, you don't want a guy that misses the cut anyway. So most of the time, you don't even care about that. You just care about when he does make the cut, how many points can he put up? That matters more. And you could even use a proxy, like win odds, right? Use some betting lines, which is very similar to what I do in MMA. MMA, you'll fight or have a 62-point median projection. on. will go, this guy never scores 62 points. He's going to score like 22, or he's going to score 100. It was around 98. It's going to be one of those two. And you look, and yes, it's bimodal. Yet there are other fighters that may score nine, that, that may be more normal. Typically, they don't get many knockouts and they go to decision a lot and they don't grapple a lot, right? So you get <clears throat> you get a lot of losing scores of 42 and winning scores of 70. Like, like some, like, okay. Still a little bit bimodal, but not, you know, it's a, a little bit not as, the humps aren't as big enough. As big, they're a little bit, a little bit, you know, softer, softer humps. They're flatter. Or you get the guy, or you get the fights with the high, very high inside the distance lines, and then gets very narrow. It's like you get a lot of ones that are like three. They they score like three points, or they score one hundred and seventeen. Right, like the fight's over in like a minute and a half, like that type of thing. The same thing is this for like golf, golf because of the cut. Baseball hitters. What ma- what makes, and what we'll end on this, if you weren't necessarily sure on if a certain type of player, a type of sport, a type of position, a type of something, leads itself to being more normal or more bimodal, what would be the number one variable when it comes to that? If you just went into, like you went into, Football, for instance, or just like let's use baseball because because it's the easiest example. You go, okay. What are pitchers? What are hitters? Right? What make what what makes pitchers, from a projection standpoint, more normal, and what makes hitters more bimodal? What would be the what would be the number one factor in going? Why does a player's outcomes end up in a normal distribution? And why does a player's outcomes end up in a bimodal distribution? I'll give you a moment if you want to answer in the chat. Going through the chat. Let's see. Wata says, I wonder if there are any awesome DFS courses that explain this in even greater detail. Everyone should buy that if so. Yeah. He's obviously talking about the theory of daily fantasy sports, theoryofdfs.com. 
right? This is essentially by you'll be able, if you wanted to go through all the DFS pregame shows, you will learn everything that's in both courses. You will, you don't have to buy, but if you want 21 hours of audio and Excel tools that have it all, you go through it on your, your time frame and your structure, anything you want. And you can also use it as a reference guide. It's like, okay, I'm going to go back to this section, and listen to that. But eventually, throughout the course of, of 2023, if someone wanted to go back, right? I said, what, a week and a half ago. It's like, there's no more stupid questions anymore. We're just going through unstructured learning. We'll return to topics. We'll skip around. There's no, there's no curriculum. It's really guided by you, the audience. We'll revisit stuff. We'll we'll dive deeper into stuff. We may have some more advanced conversations, same, maybe some more beginner conversations. If you started from January 1st, 2023 and watch all the shows, like if you want to just binge these hour plus episodes, five days a week on average, obviously there's some breaks. That you, you Feel free to save your money. That's fine. Or you do it anyway and you, give, you, you buy it just to say thank you to me. You'd be able to get, you'll, you'll be able to get all this, but people may not have the time, may not be immersed enough to take in like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to watch uh, 300 hours of content. Some people are, I'm the type of person that I would do that, but some people aren't. So I need to be able to, you know, they dip in, dip out. And then we also have titles. I'm assuming we're going to call this uh, uh, the, the normal and bimodal distributions or distributions or projection distributions. Yeah, that probably may be better. Projection distributions. It's a remedial class, kind of. It, 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 we, we explain we explain this in the course. But I asked the question before we get out of here. Hit that thumbs up button. What's the main variable on determining whether, whether a player, a player type, a sport, will be more lead to more normal outcomes, more normal distributions, or more bimodal distributions on a given day? Right, because we play daily fantasy sports. The number one variable is number of events, number of opportunities. Okay, so let's let's take basketball. Basketball, there are tons of events, right? Tons, tons of baskets scored, right? Guy dribbles, hits there, rebound, rebounds a point. There's going to be a lot of series of events. And most of the events, almost all the events in NBA, don't count for that many points. Right? There's no 17-point shot in basketball, right? There's 30 seconds left in a game that is not going to go to overtime. And you're sitting there with a player with anti-fantasy points. He ain't scoring 40 fantasy points in, in like in like 30 seconds. Like that ain't happening. Right? It's an iterative scoring. There's a lot of little events. And when the sample size, we if you if you know in math, as the sample size increases, right, the accuracy or the variance of that sample goes down. So in a large sample size sport where there are a lot of events, especially when the events are only iterative, they don't score that many points each, the projection will be more normal. Doesn't mean it's fun. It's not perfectly normal. Certain players in the NBA have slightly, they dip slightly a little bit more this way, a little bit more that way, but it's still more normal. 
If you were to qualify their distribution in comparison to just either no more normal or more bimodal, it would be more normal. <clears throat> now, inside of that, maybe there's a Carmelo Anthony has a has a, has a little bit more humpy, right? A little bit more, but still normally distributed. Like three-point shooters, guys that rely on like Clay Thompson. There's a much more higher variance, right? There's normal distribution. The middle, maybe there's a little bit more of a gap, but it's still still more normal. That's basketball. Let's take a look at baseball. Baseball, baseball pitchers. Well, a pitcher is probably going to pitch 90 pitches, 100 pitches, multiple batters, right? They're going to go through that lineup probably two, three times, four times maybe. A lot of pitches, a lot of, a lot of swings, a lot of misses, a lot of hits, a lot of events. Can they get, can, can, can a pitcher score a lot of points at once on one pitch? On one at bat, on one plate appearance. No, <clears throat> a strikeout. Two points plus the out, two point seven five or whatever. Can they score ten points? Can they score fifteen points in one pitch? No. So they're scoring. It has a lot of events and it's iterative, which means projecting pitchers, their outcomes are going to be more normal. But now you get the hitters. Hitters, dude, the hitters are going to get three to five at-bats. Let's say on average, a hitter gets four at-bats. Okay? Now, in those at-bats, what can how many points can someone score with one at-bat? With one plate appearance? They could hit a grand slam for what? 20-plus points? They could if they're people on base. Even if there's no one on base, they could score 14 points. Solo home run on DraftKings. They could get a walk and then a steal and then a run, right? The course of that one plate appearance. That's that's what? Nine points right there. Maybe they get a double. That's five points. There are also these 14 point. They swing the bat and 14 points comes in. They, they get 14. Two guys second and third and they hit a, a single. That's seven points. I mean, like, you can get a decent amount of points, much more than pitchers. You can't get you can't get seven points on one pitch, right? On one, you can't. That doesn't happen for pitchers. So, because there are less events, and the events are worth way more, are way more, way more points. It means their projection and their outcomes will be more bimodal. Guys, four at bats. Strikes out the first at bat. Ground out the second at bat. Fly out the third at bat. Fourth at bat gets a walk. Two points. That could be Mike Trout's day. That could be Bryce Harper's day. Like That's not like abnormal. Right? Now you remove the fly out. Maybe that, that, that fly out was caught at the wall. Well, let's say just... Uh, the launch angle is a little bit better and it went over the wall. There was a guy on base. So instead of two points, he now has 18 points, right? The home run plus the extra RBI and the walk in his fourth at bat. So basically the difference of like five or 10 feet, it's a difference between two points or 18 points. Bimodal. Hitters in baseball are bimodal. And there's so less event. They're not getting 74 at bats in a game. 
right? If you told, if there were 74 at bats, that Mike Trout was getting 74 at bats, he's probably hitting some home runs, right? He's probably, probably could, could probably bank on a couple of home runs and 74 at bats. The course of four at bats? Yeah, he's the most likely. But in four at bats, that's such a small sample on one day. And the value of those at bats are very high. Someone could score 20 plus points in one one swing of the bat. So hitter projections in baseball, you're looking at the, if anyone subscribed to the bat, if you're looking at Rubnet Odor's projection of like seven, he never scores seven. The guy never scores seven, dude. He never. It's either he scores zero or he scores 700 million. It's like one of the two. He doesn't want to, he basically either hits a home run or strikes out a bunch of times, right? Joey Gallo. Oh, Joey Gallo projects for eight and a half. I'm going to play him at 3,200. Go get the Mylanta. Like he doesn't score eight and a half points. When in the world does this dude score eight and a half points? Maybe he gets a walk and you hope he gets a run, maybe. And he scores five, maybe. either hits a home run or he strikes out. I mean, that's pretty much, he's a three outcome batter. Yes, his mean is eight. Yes. But he has like, it's like he has a lot of 18s and a lot of twos. Right? 18s, twos, 16s, zeros, 14s, fours, and fives. And you go, oh, well, what's the mean? Oh, eight and a half. Eight. What does this guy score? Eight or nine points. So the variance of that type of batter is going to be way high. He's going to have a lot of outcomes in the low and a lot of outcomes in the high and not much in the middle. Yet a batter like, let's say, Luis Arias for the Twins. He's a guy that when you need a home run from him, he ain't hitting one. What does he have, five home runs on the year? He said something. Batting, at, you know, as far as like on-base percentage and everything, great. Woba, great. If you need, if you need to get like, like when he projects for like eight points, if you need to rely on him getting like somewhere between six and 10 points, like he'll get you that more often than not. He'll get you that. He doesn't hit that many home runs. Right? He just gets on base a lot. So his his projection will look a little bit more normal. It won't be normal. It won't, it won't be as bimodal. And the same thing would be said with pitchers. Strikeout pitchers. Right? Guys that strike a lot of lot of lot of people out. Their their projection. This, 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 we get into nuances of this, but strikeout projection strike strikeout pitchers have more normal projections, normal 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 distributions, and non strikeout pitchers have more bimodal distribution. It'd be like, how does that make any sense? We go by understand that strikeouts eliminate points. From giving up earned runs, like when you're playing Zach, when you're playing Zach Greinke, a good Zach Greinke game actually is very good for your salary. He could get 20, 25 points. He gets two strikeouts, three strikeouts, and doesn't give up any runs and like one hit. He can actually score a pretty decent amount of points. But if he gives up any runs, you're dead. But like Jacob Degrom, like it's very hard for him not to get twenty points. I mean, like it's very hard. 
Even if he gives up three runs, he'll have nine strikeouts also. I mean, like, it's 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 one of those types of things. So that's why a lot of times in, in MLB DFS, we focus on the pitchers that throw strikeouts more than we focus on the pitchers that maybe they could one-hit the two-run type of game and whatever. Maybe if you're punting at 4K or something for a pitcher, that they'll, that'll pitch 90-plus pitchers. For the most part, we're looking at strikeouts. So that's the difference between normal distributions and bimodal distributions, what you should be looking at, depending on the sport that you're playing. So when you look at the numbers, you know what they mean. You they you know what they mean. We'll, we'll, we'll talk tomorrow about now what to do with them. But I need to get you in the psychological state of knowing what they mean. So you don't go on tilt later. You don't, you know, these projections are bad. These projections are good. They're the same thing. To get you in the mindset that, you know, when a, when a, when a NFL, I go to our NFL projections. Christian McCaffrey, right? I don't even know if they're updated or whatever. These are maybe the algo ones. Christian McCaffrey's floor is eight. The ceiling is 32. You should treat, but if Christian McCaffrey scored 10 points or 30 points, psychologically, you should act the same. That's well, that's well within one standard deviation. Psychologically, you, most people don't act the same. 10 points? What the What the hell? Like 10 points is just as likely as 30. So why are you treating 30 as if like, oh yeah, great, expect it. Like, dude, his median is 20. If he, score, if he scores 12, that's like, oh my God, awful. If he scores 28, it's like, great. I mean, like, or if you didn't have him, you think the other way. You really need to get into the psychological framework of understanding normal distribution bimodal distributions and what they what they really how wide these ranges really are even with extremely extremely the best projections in the industry that's how wide they are so when someone tells you like you got to play this guy he's a lock yeah you got to play mike williams right i'm just gonna well maybe not mike williams you gotta play keenan allen he's a lock 16-point projection. You got to play him at whatever price he is or something. Then he goes out and he puts up eight points and you go, what the hell? If you take a look at his projections, projection 16, his floor is six, the ceiling's 25 or 26. That's the acceptable, that should in your mind be acceptable range. Acceptable range. Acceptable range. 16 shouldn't be acceptable range. Like, it, it, unless it's unless it's right at the 50. If, if he scores, if he scores, if he scores anywhere below one or two points lower than the median, I'm going to start throwing things. Like, that's how people are. Because they, they, they're looking at this as a prediction, not a projection. That this number and these numbers, all they are are points on this graph. That's it. That's all they are. Six, like for Keenan Allen. 16 is here, where my mouse is, right here, right at the top. Six is right there. I didn't even go that far. Six is right there. Hello, people. And 26 is right here. So that's that's seven, about 70% of the time. 68% of the time, it'll be between six and 26. 
30% of the time, it'll be outside of that, right? 30% of the time, you'll get stuff that's below six and above 26. I know you probably think it's like, wow, look at these wide, right? I mean, why even bother looking at projections? Like this seems so wide that, like, why even bother looking at projections at all? Like, yeah, well, directionally, they're they're going to be they're very accurate. With I mean, you'd rather play you'd rather play someone with the same price that has a six to twenty six projection than someone that has a one to eighteen projection, right? But it overlaps enough that if one guy beats the other guy. One guy will beat the other guy like 30% of the time, 35% of the time, 30% of the time. I mean, yeah. And as long as if you're playing DFS for the long term and you're playing a lot of slates and you're putting the volume in, you're putting slates in, like over the course of time with developing a larger sample size, those edges of playing the six to 26 guy versus the one to 18 kind will show up. It will matter. What's the difference between the, playing the six to twenty-six guy and the five to twenty-five guy? Not as much. Not as much of an edge there. Then once you start talking about ownership, and once you start talking about lineup construction, and you add correlation to it, once you realize that these are just fiftieth percentiles on a, on a distribution curve, well, this lineup is 0.8 higher projected for one. 0.4% lower ownership. Is that good, Jordan? Is that is, is that a good proportion? Dude, you're that's so minuscule. So, why why are you worried? Dude, you could play a lineup in cash games tonight in NBA that is five points lower projected from our optimal if you wanted to. Now, over the long run, probably should play lineup that is let. But I mean, once you once you keep it take into account what the one standard deviation outcomes are, you even go like five points may not even matter. Like, dude, that's a margin of error. That's like one minute here and one minute there on one player, and then like one three pointer from one of the seven uh, six other players accounts for those five points. That's it. That's it. One minute from two players and an extra three-pointer from another. That, that that accounts for a five-point difference in projection. I'm only saying this to really stress the fact that we are going to be working with these numbers. Because we're going to be working with, you know, we want the best numbers possible. Arrange them in the best ways. But once we start getting to GPP conversations, Come back, come back to this episode. Come back and think about the psychological factor of what really these range of outcomes are. What really is a median projection in, in a projection set, in an optimizer, in lineup HQ or whatever. And that you know that there are people out there, tons of people out there that are even using projections. They're going, I got to play Yusuf Nurkic over Killian Hayes in my utility spot because... One guy projects for 1.21 higher. Never mind the fact that they have that Killian Hayes has a slightly higher ceiling, slightly higher, very slight, very slight in our projections. That they will making the, they will be making those choices, and maybe one guy ends up being way more owned than the other guy because of a 1.21 projection difference in the median. 
One guy is 22% owned and the other guy is 6% owned. And you go, well, yeah, well, I don't mind giving up that many projections for that, like 1.21. It's like, no, it's really just in the scope of lineup, which is like, why should this, why should those two guys not be closer owned? Because people are treating one point mil. They're treating one rebound, right? A rebound in, 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 in DK is one and a quarter points, right? So you're telling me in the scope of an entire lineup of eight players on a lineup that you're most likely going to score 300, 350 points in NBA and DK? That the reason you're playing one guy over the other guy in more of your lineups is due to one rebound on average for eight players in the lineup. That's it. And then when you put into those perspectives, you you think of two things. One, the field, the, your opponents are making too many suboptimal ownership choices because of that, because of a one-point projection difference. But then you also think on, on your end is that, wow, increasing the variance of my lineup is not that difficult. And it really, from a median standpoint, you could give up a lot more projection than you think that you can, depending on the sport and the context of the slate. Because, like, dude, like I say in MLB, oh, can I give it, can I, this GPP lineup is 12 points lower projected than optimal or something. It has a stack, it has whatever. Is that too low? And I go, no, that's perfectly fine. I play lineups that are 20 points below optimal. They go, 20 points, isn't that too low? It's like 20 points is... It's like one swing of the bat from one of my, I got, I got eight batters in my lineup. One, the high owned guy, Aaron Judge is 34% owned and he goes over four. And I got a guy at 4% at the same price, right? Juan Soto, for whatever reason, is a 4% owned and he gets 26 points. I win. Like that doesn't happen much in NBA to have that big of a swing, but in baseball, in a bimodal nature, Absolutely. I can't believe you're giving up 20 points in projection. It's like, why not? That's barely a swing of the bat. That's, you know, a grand slam, I guess. But I mean, it's one swing of the bat. Of not just one player, but all of the players in my lineup. So you could afford to drop in projection, median-wise, and more bimodal sports and bimodal players, but not so much in normal normal distribution in basketball you wouldn't do that as much you can't make up 20 points in a in the what in what are they counting when the the fan comes on the court and does the half court shot at halftime do you score i mean like how are you getting 20 points making it up like that you have to make it up in little increments amongst your eight players which means there's a lot more events but in football with touchdowns mlb with home runs you can make up a lot of points in one event. So that's the basics. That's the basics of a normal distribution, bimodal distribution, and what what projections are. Because once you start learning, like, what these, oh, we, the, what the numbers are, number one, you can start building better lineups, especially from an ownership perspective in GPP. And number two, your mental game. 
Your mental game is a little bit more important that you're not going on tilt all the time. I played this guy. Oh, this was supposed to be the best play. And this was supposed to be the worst play. And this is, take a look at the numbers. Take a look at these ranges. They're ridiculously wide. They're still accurate, but they're really wide. Aiden's going to score somewhere most of the time, 70% of the time, between 30 and 57 points tonight. Which one is it? I don't know. But the middle of that is 43. Well, is he going to score 43? Well, he'll score 43 50% of the time. That's all I can tell you. Is he going to do it tonight? No idea. But based on our model, he's going to score 43 points, 50%, at least 43, 50% of the time. Is he going to score 57 points? Yeah, he'll score 57 points like 15% of the time. But is it tonight? No, I have no idea if it's tonight. That's not what these numbers mean. The numbers don't mean tonight. These are a range of outcomes over like 10,000, 100,000 outcomes based on all the variables that can predict, you know, have some predictive power on, on tonight's game. So we've ran, we've run out a simulation of 10,000 occurrences of tonight's game. And here's the range, right? And th- that's where all these numbers come from. The range, all the numbers in the set come from. The middle of that set is in that column. One standard deviation below is in this column. And one standard deviation above is in that column. Good luck. Go make lineups. That's what it is. That's what projections are. And we discussed this in detail. Theory Daily Fantasy Sports. Theoryofdfs.com. Go pick it up. So if you have any questions about... if it, Hey, if you have any questions about this type of stuff, projections, this week, email them in. I'm getting, I'm getting to them all. Okay. Right now. So I don't, so I, cause I already got like two or three in. So I'm like, okay, good week to do it. So you don't have to wait for maybe, you know, three months down the road, we come back to this or something. So if you got any projection questions based on how projections are made, what the numbers mean, what the, what the sums, you know, Projection sum, projection product, projection, I don't know, projection product, whatever. Anything about projections, email. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. I, I, I looked at them all. I store them all. Don't worry about it. I mean, I mention your name. Like, I get the questions in. I'm not going to say, well, this guy asked this question or that guy asked that question. But I have the questions. And I will be answered. You will get an answer to all of them on this show at some point. Near, depending on the people that, that come in, you'll get nearer, closer, or farther away. So do that. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button. Got an NBA slate tonight. We got Grinders Live. We got Crunch Time. We got the PGA stuff. We got MMA stuff is coming back. They changed the main event. All right. So now it's Imavov Strickland, which uh, probably a fadeable main event, but we'll be talking about MMA on Friday. Uh, but subscribe to Roto Grinders. Get the get the numbers. You'll need the numbers. You can't just use this course. You need a way of changing player names at the numbers. We do that for you. We do all the work for you. We do it. So subscribe to Roto Grinders. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. I will see you tomorrow. Answering your DFS strategy questions as I always do here, Monday through Friday, ten uh, ten o'clock, ten o'clock Central, eleven o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.